0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Pactum. I'm Pat Abendroth with Mike Grimes. This is episode 49. We're going to be talking about words that matter. Words that matter. But before we do, Michael, how are you doing today?
1: <laughs> Not so good now. Jeepers. Because I said, Michael. <laughs> Michael. You called me Michael on a previous episode, maybe just two or three ago. It, it dude, it gave me the willies. It, I, oh. It's like daddy wounds, but not for my dad. I don't. I mean, my ma- my name is Michael, but people haven't called me that for a long time. Michael J. What's J stand for? J. It's well, okay J- there, there J- you go. J A Y. My dad's name is Jason. So okay. they did J. That makes J-A-Y. sense. J A Y, yeah.
0: I'll I'll try to say I'll never call you Michael again because I don't want you to have that, you know, kind of flashback. You might um, find me moment. on the
1: floor in the fetal position, yeah, let, sucking my thumb in the Pactum oh, studio. Oh, listen I'm, to I'm, it. Mike is got getting kind of fired up over there. Deep rooted. Well, we
0: do have a great episode today, but before we get to the great episode where we talk about theological Bible words that can be helpful, Mike, talk to me about getting snowed in.
1: My family and I were over visiting family uh, over the Christmas Your family
0: was visiting family? Okay, I'm tracking with you. Yeah,
1: you know, that's the kind of thing you do, right? Family visit family. So anyway, we're seeing family for Christmas, and there was supposed to be this big snowmageddon, snowstorm thing happening. We had a family Christmas going on, uh, and then the snow was supposed to start overnight. We were originally planning to leave Saturday, but the snow was going to have started. We... We woke up Saturday and the snow hadn't even started yet and we're like, well, we're not ready to go. By the time we can get ready to go, the snow has started and it's getting dicey out there. We can't go. And so it was either Mike risks his life and tries to drive in the slick snow. Life and limb. Or Mike wakes up at the crack of dawn and drives after they've cleared all the roads Sunday morning to get to church. Which you, on time? Which, which is what you did? Which is what I did, and it only worked out because this week we had just one service at okay. ten thirty. Yep. So I left my mother-in-law's house at five forty-five, and I was at the church uh, 9 o'clock. Okay, and, and I could... saw several semis in the ditch Ooh, on the way. So I not thought, good. good choice. Not good at all. I borrowed clothes because I didn't have. Church clothes I mean, I was still wearing my tennis shoes. It was hilarious. I had one of our church members come up to me and say, Are you not leading music today? I said, Oh, I am. So it was a trip. It was fun.
0: So as you're yeah. listening, packed Them verse listeners, I saw Mike Grimes on Sunday morning. He was leading up front, and then I got up to do scripture reading, and as people are getting back to their seats after greeting one another, I said, hey, how's it going? Uh, before I do scripture reading, and this is kind of behind the scenes. He's like, oh, pretty good. I have borrowed clothes on. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm here. <laughs> yep. So it worked out. The things you don't know that are happening in the midst of the service. Yep. So thankful yep. for that. Yeah. So on today's episode, what we're going to do is we are going to talk about 18 important words. In fact, one person said they're the 18 words that are the most important words you will ever know. Yes that's from a book title by J I Packer yep. what we're going to do today is work our way through these 18 words we're going to do so quickly if you are a Bible student and have been for very long you're a pastor you're a Bible teacher Sunday school teacher I think you'll know all of these words yep and this is just a refresher a reminder but this is also hopefully going to be a good tool for you if you want to help other people get up to speed yeah so every culture has a culture every every Christians have a there's a certain language that we have. I should say every culture has a language and while this won't, answer every question for you, let's do these 18 important words that'll bring you up to speed. It'll get you from the on-ramp onto the freeway or the highway, depending on where you live. Depending on where you are, yep. Uh Uh-huh. That's kind of the idea. So we want to spend less than two minutes, maybe we'll do some less than one minute, but less than two minutes on each of these words just to give you a preview.
1: Yeah, let's give them a little preview.
0: So words like revelation, scripture, Lord, world, sin, devil. I'm going to skip some of them, but election, mortification, fellowship, death, reconciliation, faith, important words that we use all of the time as Christians that we want to make sure people kind of have in their bag of words or in their
1: vocabulary. Yep. Want to know these words, they're important, good words to know, so you can talk and communicate about these things with others. Might be a good introductory for uh, new believers.
0: Yep. We're not really promoting the book per se, but we thought this is a good idea to have a quick conversation, bring people up to speed so they can fit in, we can have more meaningful conversations. So yeah. two, minutes
1: two minutes per word or less. Or less, yep. And we do have a little bit of accountability here in the Pactum Studio. I don't know if I like accountability. We have high-tech timing systems installed in our studio today to make sure that we do not go over two minutes for each one of these words.
0: So it's so high tech that (laughs) both both Mike and I have in our hot little hands two minute like egg
1: timers, sand timers. And they are like... As close to baby blue as I'm comfortable them being. <laughs> oh.
0: So these things, I actually had to pretty much get in a fight with my wife because she saw that they arrived at our house and she said, oh, I could use those.
1: Oh, seriously?
0: <laughs> she did. She thought I ordered them for her or something. I said, no, those are for the Pactum. So yeah. anyway, and I do want you to know, Mike, because you're going to try to hold me accountable to two minutes. Yep. Um, the packaging does say, note – These are two-minute timers. Uh We we paid good money for these. It says, note, these sand timers are not precision timing devices. Oh, come
1: on. (laughs) So
0: there is time deviation. Well. So uh, we are going to have some time deviation
1: if if need be. It'll be close, but it'll be fun as well. Yeah.
0: So So we're going for brevity. We're going for speed. We're going for this being a good little tool in your toolbox is the agenda.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's get started. And we're going to start with our first word. The first word is revelation. Ready, go.
0: Okay, so if we're talking about revelation, important word. We're not talking about the book of Revelation. Right. And we're certainly not talking about the book of Revelations. Right? So we're talking about revelation and think in terms of if something is revealed, yep. we have revelation. Yeah. So let's think in terms of God reveals himself. How does he reveal himself? He reveals himself through what he has made because it tells us something about him. He's powerful. He's creative. We can go to Psalm 19, which is yep. a classic yeah, text. Yeah. Uh, we can go to Romans chapter 1. Romans 1 would tell us what about God's general revelation. That like,
1: it is apparent for all to see, and you are without excuse. Oh, you
0: can know God. Yep, so you can know God. But it it can't save you. Right, yeah. So it is real revelation, but because of our sin, we can't rightly interpret all that we need to know about God and redemption. So Romans 1 is a key text. So it is God's revelation... To everyone in general, we call it general revelation, which is good, which is important. And then God has another book, if you will, some theologians like to say, and it is his book of special revelation uh, because he reveals himself not to everyone in general, but there's a specific kind of revelation that is redemptive. Mm -hmm. So we have the Lord Jesus Christ as God's ultimate revelation. Yes. Hebrews Hebrews 1. Yeah. Hebrews 1 is a classic example of that. So we can truly know God because we have redemption, we have forgiveness, uh, it, it, it crashes through all of the sin and all of the blindness, if you will, spiritually, so that we can know God truly. Then we have his scripture, which yep. is also special revelation, back to Psalm 19. Mm-hmm. We need to know God, and if we can know God as sinners, it has to be through special revelation. Right? General re- revelation is good and right, but it won't save you, right. special revelation Will and can think Christ think think Bible? We'd better move on. To yes, the, to the, the timer next one. says
1: it is times up. So let's move on to the second one, which we've kind of led right on into t- thinking about special revelation. Let's talk now for two minutes or less about the word Scripture. On your marks,
0: get set, turn
1: Go! over the baby blue <laughs> timer.
0: Scripture. So if we talk about Scripture, I think of Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. Yeah. All Scripture is. God-breathed, so it comes from God, so we believe in inspiration Mm -hmm. of scripture, not that it inspires you, though it should, should. though it should. So it comes, literally, it's the word God-breathed. So Mm -hmm. scripture is God-breathed, divine origin, not that the authors are inspired, though they're carried about by God, God leads them, God guides them, Second Peter chapter one, mm-hmm. but second Timothy three sixteen, and seventeen inspired scripture is god's word it 's His revelation, so we believe the Bible is god's word it's what we interpret the world through it's what we interpret general revelation by right yeah as a matter of fact it's how we know christ it's how we know salvation Uh, we have 66 in our 66 books in the bible so we have the canon and in in that we have scripture it's why in second timothy 4 the pastor's called to preach the scripture preach the word because you don't want to preach your own word or something that is your own opinion you're actually preaching actually preaching god's word okay what else do we want to say about scripture anything
1: Uh, You mentioned canon. Canon is closed or open?
0: We would say closed canon. Yes. Uh, By canon, it's a measuring stick, what belongs in the Bible, what doesn't belong in the Bible. Uh, But let's not add extra words, Mike. We're only supposed to do 18 words.
1: Oh, well, I just wanted to clarify that the canon is closed. Okay, there you go. Good. (laughs) All right, let's move on
0: to the next one. Next word. How do we do this? It's low-tech. My time— I say I'm
1: trying to get mine to go through faster because you did that one quicker than two minutes. Well, I think we should do that because then we can take more time maybe on some other ones. That's true. Okay, so let's move to the next one. The next word we have is Lord.
0: Okay, let's let's go there. I think it's maybe helpful when you think about Lord because it's all over the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, describing God. Maybe we should think in terms of outside of the Bible first— A king is a lord, Mm. right? So when you're talking about royalty, you're talking about a lord. Think of the old movie you're going to watch, the old film, and someone might say, yes, my lord. Yes, yes, my lord. Yeah, yep. Because they're acknowledging someone is in authority over them. They're they're superior. They're someone they have to obey. Right, yeah. So let's think sovereign because that's a title for king or queen. Yeah. So when the Bible talks about God as lord, well, he is the lord because he's the lord of lords. Mm. So if... In the Roman environment, you'd have to say Caesar is Lord. Mm. Well, Caesar might be Lord, lowercase l. Sure. But ultimately, there's a Lord of Lords, the Bible would say, the King of Kings, and that would be none other than God himself. Mm. So God, by virtue of the fact that he's the creator, sustainer, overall, everyone's accountable to him, the judge as well, what he says goes, that really helps us to think in terms of Lord. Mm. Ultimately, how many Lords are there? One. One. Yeah. Ultimately, there there's only one, yeah. but there are many lesser lords, right. lowercase l. Right. I like it. What the I like what the Bible says regarding Lord. It says there is the only sovereign, the King of Kings and Lord of mm-hmm. Lords. First Timothy chapter six, verse fifteen. Uh, Jesus is Lord because He's divine. Romans chapter ten, verse nine. Uh, we could go back to Deut- Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four and five as well. But I'm not sure how we're doing
1: on timeline. We're doing okay. You're still under the two minutes, but you don't have long left.
0: I think we can move on to the next one. We have a good idea. He is the Lord, he is the King, he is the Sovereign, and ultimately, he's the only one, so we listen to what he says, uh, and if we're in a right relationship with him, we have no one to fear.
1: Yeah. You know what's funny? As we're going through these, almost for every one of these so far as you're talking about them, I have some old hymn or old praise chorus that comes up to my head. It's that last one. Do you know... King of Kings and Lord of Lords glory oh Hallelujah. yeah uh-huh. <laughs> I'm telling you all these weird songs are coming up coming up in my head thank you thank you for not having us sing that song in Omaha Bible Church I think it's on the list for this Sunday if you want it to be <laughs> Oh we boy we can do it we I can do don't it. I know a guy I think so Oh man well let's move on to the next one see what song comes up in my head with this the next word is world Pactum listeners, what happens is Mike thinks He's of Christian. He thinks of Christian
0: songs. And I think hands. of songs by like Devo or Big, Big Audio Dynamite or someone like Who
1: the, are these people the Clash.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. World. Oh, that's like a Ramon song. Never mind. <laughs> okay. So if we do world, let's think in terms of God is the sovereign over the world. Mm-hmm. It's his world. He made the world. Therefore everyone, everything is accountable to him. We should also think in terms of the fall. Uh, It's affected the whole world uh, because of sin. Even the whole creation, the whole world, if you will, groans, longing for the day of redemption that Mm. it will experience one day, Romans chapter 8. I suppose we should also think in terms of world, not only all of creation, but the word world is used different ways in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's all of humanity universally. Right. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it's the planet. Sometimes it's Jew and Gentile. Right?
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking about in First John. Right? Yep, that's an important one. As a matter yeah. of fact. So uh,
0: sometimes the world doesn't mean every single individual who's ever lived. It means all different kinds of people. It means Jew and Gentile, not right. just yeah. Jews. Also the outside, those outside of Israel. So that would be important. Remember too uh, that the Bible says, "Don't love the world." Hmm. Which is pretty weird if you get your theology only from word studies, yeah. uh, because God loved the world, right? and so we wouldn't want God to be breaking his own law. Yeah. So we have to look at words, they are important, but the word world, for example, is used in a lot of different ways, and we just need to keep that in mind when we're reading our Bibles. Ready to move on to the next one? Let's do it. It is number, I have number five here, but I might get confused by the, word, by the
1: numbering, but that's I think, what Packer has. I think I'm on number five as well. Super.
0: So, yep. Ready? I got my I have my timer here. My baby blue timer matches the baby blue. What is that drink you're drinking? What it is that? It is Monster Hydro zero sugar energy water advanced hydration. That's a lot of words on it's the front of the bottle. Got a- oh, electrolytes. Oh, that's right. I, I I drink this kind of stuff just because I'm committed to the pactum.
1: There you go. And all that it is. Okay. <laughs> all right, next word. Number 5, sin.
0: You know, Mike, it's too bad we're not doing the word association that we did not too long ago with Chris Peterson.
1: You know, that's kind of what we're doing, but it's, yeah, a little different.
0: It's a a little bit more. Chris might like this version better. He might. Because he would would
1: follow the rules. We could never keep Chris to two minutes or less. I think it's true, as a matter of fact. I think that's 100%.
0: Okay. The word sin, different words are used to describe sin as far as Greek and Hebrew words. It could be missing the mark. Mm -hmm. So think of shooting a bow and arrow or shooting an arrow with a bow to be proper mm. uh, and not hitting the bullseye. So God says, do this, and we don't do it. So there's that kind. But I think of 1 John chapter 3, verse 4 that says, sin is yes. lawlessness. Yeah. So God has a law, and sin is when we don't do what God's law says. So he says, in essence, here's his law, love God perfectly, personally, perpetually, mm-hmm. and love neighbor as yourself appropriately, and we don't do that. Right. As, we're, as we're called to, so that's really where we need to start. When you think about sin, you have you have law, and we are law breakers, not law keepers, and so we have lawlessness. Yep. Romans chapter 5 is also a really important text when you're new to the Bible or not new to the Bible, figuring out sin as far as its effects on the human race and how God used Adam as representative, leading the whole human race into sin, and therefore with it condemnation. And Jesus is the second Adam, the last Adam, and he leads those he represents, those who would one day believe, uh, he leads them into righteousness and justification. So sin is important. It's all over the Bible. Uh, I would encourage Everyone packed them listeners i 'm talking to you mm-hmm. uh, to be able to explain what sin is, because, as I think d a Carson said one time it 's become a snicker word, mm. uh, not as in the candy, but as in sin is just something we laugh about and make fun of when in reality, if we can help people understand or to love God and love neighbor, maybe that makes more sense to a culture that doesn 't really have a category for sin anymore. Mm. Yeah. So, it's not just the bad things we do. Though those are bad things. Right. Yeah. Um it it, it there's something there's something behind the something. Yes, yeah. Um,
1: I was just going to ask you about that. You know, I've had people ask me before, what what is this what is this idea of original sin or what is this total depravity? I thought sin was just things that I do that are wrong or displease God, but I you know, that sin, those sins that you do are because there's a greater problem. And that is your sinful nature yep. and, and it, acting according to your nature.
0: And going to your point about total depravity, we did do an episode one time on questioning Calvinism. Mm-hmm. And so if you want more information on sin and its effects, so total depravity, maybe total inability would be better. It doesn't mean people are as bad as they could be, but it does mean people are bad enough to not be able to save themselves. Right. So there, no one does good. No, not one. Ultimate good. I don't know what episode that was, but we probably not are going to sure. take
1: forever to find it. If we yeah, we it. will. We'll take forever. Let's go on to the next word that we have on our list. Number six: devil. Did you see that movie M
0: Night Shyamalan? The movie Devil. No. Oh, don't it, major spoiler alert. So if I, you ever want to watch it, it. it, it's not like horror movie, but it's scary. Okay. It it all the whole thing takes place in an elevator.
1: Serious. Uh-huh. Yeah, Mike. I haven't even heard of it. I need to watch it. There was a while there. It was not long after I started here that you were all into the village and we've talked about the village on the podcast before. I went through and watched like the whole M Night Shyamalan anthology. Yeah, so I must have missed that just one. Just don't
0: talk to and I think it's him. Don't talk to anyone about because it's a big spoiler alert. But okay. I'm not a big horror movie. Am I going to get scared? Person, uh, you know what? I it's the good kind of scared. Okay. So, again, we, we don't recommend movies here on the Pactum because we're far too sophisticated to do that. <laughs> and so, just so you're aware, devil. Uh, the Bible describes the devil in a lot of different ways. Um, he is our enemy. The devil is a liar. Um, the devil is all about destruction. He's the accuser of the brethren. Mm. Uh, but just know that he's not God's arch nemesis as in a peer. Mm, um, God. yeah. yeah. It, even Martin Luther said that even the devil is God's devil, yeah. meaning God is sovereign over all things, including Satan. And ultimately, if you're in Christ, Christ has defeated the devil uh, in his way. So you want to look to Christ. That's the solution. Too much is emphasized. There's too much emphasis on the devil as far as speculation, guessing, fear. The, the key factor is you, you need to look to Christ. And if you're in Christ, you're safe from the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a uh, you know, generalization. But the way to combat the father of lies, the one who disguises himself as an angel of the light, is to look to Christ. How did we do on time on that one? That one one was a quick one, but I was just going
1: to mention, I always think of Romans 16 uh, when I think of the devil, how we will soon crush him under our foot because of Christ. Super good. Yep. The imagery
0: borrowed from, from the garden. Didn't you used to wear your boots... When you this have, is harkening back to Harley Davidson days. So I used to have some pretty tough-looking boots with uh, I don't know what you call them, but they made me feel tough like I'm going to stomp on the devil's stomp head. On the so side. I'm glad we're I'm glad for progressive sanctification. <laughs> we are beyond boots and devil stomping uh here at the church. We only do the snake handling now in the basement of right. the
1: church. Right. Yep, yep. And the only boots we wear are John Owen boots. Oh, that's true. Knee the highs. high not Italian, Spanish. Spanish knee high. Yeah. I, John I, Owen. I boots. I would wear some of those. <laughs> Especially to evangelical conferences. (laughs) Please, Pactum listeners, if you have a pair of knee-high Spanish boots, send them to us so Pat can wear them. Only if they're
0: super expensive like John Owen would wear. Oh, I want to see it happen. So, Mike, let's move on to the next one. What what do you think of when you think of grace?
1: Grace, grace, God's grace. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's always a song. Grace, I think... Unmerited favor, free gift of God to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I think. Perfect.
0: Perfect. I like unmerited favor. And we could even ratchet it up given the fact that God's grace is extended to sinners. Mm, yeah. We could even say with Meredith Klein, it could it's it's demerited favor. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like we're neutral and God gives us a nice gift. We actually deserve condemnation. Right. He gives us salvation in Christ and it comes to us by grace alone. Uh nothing we've earned. So that's pretty important. It's also important, especially for folks who are newer to Christianity, and maybe you're coming out of a kind of a pseudo-Christian background, grace it, grace is nothing. Hmm. Uh, grace is not a thing. Grace is not a substance. Yeah. It's not a powder. Uh, it's not something you go to church to get your little grace cup filled up sure. with. Uh, And some people tend to think that way. Mm. So more so in the Roman Catholic tradition, Uh, but grace is, I mean, it's unmerited favor. We get salvation is what we, we receive salvation uh, by grace, but we don't really see, we don't really fill ourselves up with grace. Mm. So it's not that concept. We receive Christ, but we don't deserve Christ, but it's because of God's grace. Mm. He doesn't give us what we deserve. He gives us something good instead. It's important that we know that. Yeah. That's good. Sometimes we talk about sovereign grace. If yeah. you're if you're thinking in terms of Christian vocab, yep. uh, God gives it to whom He desires. He doesn't owe it to anyone. Uh, so it's important sometimes to have that in mind when we
1: talk about God's grace. Mm, yeah. So moving on to the next word, mediator.
0: I love First Timothy chapter two verse five. This says, were say it.
1: "There is one God
0: and one mediator between." God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Yeah. So you don't need a mediator if everything's going swimmingly. Yes. Which is a word that we like to use sometimes. Swimmingly. If everything's great, if you're at peace with the other person or party, you don't need a mediator. Mediation assumes there's conflict. Yeah. And so there's conflict between us and God. Romans 5 says we're God's enemies. And so there's hostility because of sin. We need a go between, if you will. Maybe that's too... Chumpy to say, but we, we, we need a mediator and it has to be one who's one of us, yeah. but he has to come from outside of the human race that's fallen yeah. and God sends his own unique son, the God man, yeah. uh, none other than Jesus, our mediator. So we don't have, and, and I think the world understands this. We have it in the legal world. We have it where there's conflict with families. Mm. We have it with businesses. We have it in religion. Yeah. So some people think Mary is a mediator mm. or a priest is a mediator. Ultimately, it has to be none other than Christ the Lord.
1: Yeah, and I love when you you mentioned uh, that he has to be uh, like us in order to represent us. I think of the text in Hebrews where he had to be. Made like us, flesh and blood and likeness of mankind, so that he might rightly represent us before God. I love that. Emphasizing the humanity of Christ, our mediator. Perfect. We want to take a moment to thank you, our listeners, for being a part of the Pactum Verse, for listening each week. I'm sure no doubt every Wednesday morning you wake up and you fire up your listening device. I've heard some
0: people are behind.
1: I've heard that as well. Okay. Um, But that's okay. We're still thankful for you for listening. We trust you're encouraged as as you listen to these episodes. All right. Let's get back to the list. This is number nine. Reconciliation
0: This fits with mediator Because if we have conflict with someone We need to be reconciled Through the mediator The Bible says that God was in Christ Reconciling the world to himself mm-hmm. So this is what God does God reconciles uh, We don't meet him in the middle mm. He's the one who has to do it from start to finish He does it, does it in his son The Lord Jesus Romans 5 is a great text on this Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5 Ephesians chapter 4 Colossians chapter 1 uh, We need to be reconciled And the beauty of That is, if we are truly reconciled to God in Christ, by faith in Christ, God's provision, now we have a basis for even being reconciled to one another. Mm. So now we can have the dividing wall between Jew and Gentile torn down. Now it doesn't matter who you are, what you look like, where you're from. Christians are united in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so while it may take some work to work that out, so to speak— There's a basis, there's a foundation for us getting along with each other because we're actually united in Christ. We've been reconciled in Christ, we have a mediator in Christ. Uh, none of us are better than others because we're all sinful. Hmm. It's because of what Christ has done. So now I can see people differently. They can see me differently. They can see me in Christ. I can see them in Christ. Super practical.
1: So, Pat, when you talk about reconciliation, I think about uh, 2 Corinthians 5. Uh, Paul says we have the ministry of reconciliation. What is that talking about?
0: It makes me think of gospel preaching. But to, to be honest with you, I can't remember what I said when I preached on it because I'm sure I could give a much better <laughs> answer if I, could re- if I could recall my notes. But we are called to preach Christ. Christ, who is the reconciler, and we're called to preach Christ to anyone and everyone, uh, to be reconciled to God Mm. by faith in Christ, and that's our unique and special kind of ministry that we have uh, to a lost and needy, unbelieving world.
1: So it's not us reconciling people to God. You mentioned reconciliation, that's God reconciling us to himself Ah, through Christ, but it's not our ministry of reconciliation, is that we go and... Fair enough. Yeah, okay.
0: Good point. But, but we have this unique opportunity. Right. We used to say privilege, but we can't say that anymore. No, no. So we have this unique calling from God go. <laughs> to preach Christ because God uses means. Yes, yeah. And he uses the means of the proclamation of the gospel. Yeah. So it's actually a wonderful thing.
1: Yeah, awesome. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, two minutes or less. Faith. Oh,
0: faith. Faith is one of my favorite words to talk about because I know as a missionary, so to speak, most people I'm talking to in the 21st century in modern America and beyond, faith is like something that is in faith. Hmm. Uh, It's your religious preference or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So we have to think in terms of when Christians are talking about faith, we're not talking about faithfulness. Right. We're not talking about faith in faith. We're talking about trust. trust. We're talking about trusting in something historic, something factual. Mm-hmm. We're talking about trusting in the one who is resurrected bodily mm-hmm. and ascended. As J. Gresham Machen. Would say faith is only as good as its object. Mm, yeah. So don't believe in yourself. Don't believe in other people, but do believe in Christ. Mm. Have faith in Christ. Trust in Christ because he is victorious and he's a real savior and he is therefore worthy of our confidence, worthy of our trust. Uh, faith is not, again, faithfulness, although faithfulness is good. Right. Romans chapter 4, verse 5 says that God justifies, he declares righteous, a word we're going to get to. He saves, if you will, the ungodly. Mm. And in Romans chapter two, three, four, five, one, all over the place, Mm -hmm. it's by faith. And one important thing to a new Bible reader is sometimes the Bible doesn't elaborate on faith in Christ because the Apostle Paul is so used to saying faith, 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 faith. He's assuming we understand Mm. that it's faith in Christ. It's not just faith for faith sake, Mm. it's a good exercise to go through Romans and just start underlying the word believe or faith or something similar another synonym, but just know that there's a greater context. It is faith in the finished work of Christ. Mm.
1: That's good. That's good. Uh, Let's move on then to the next word, which we've had some episodes talking about, and that is justification.
0: Mike, I just mentioned it. It's as if I'd read the book before. It's like you
1: knew where we were going with this.
0: It is just like that. So justification is just as if I never sinned.
1: (laughs) Which we talked about that, didn't we? We did. Mike (laughs) is
0: laughing at me because we actually don't think that that's true, because if we're really going to flesh it out, justification would be just as if I always Always, and forever perfectly kept God's law, Yeah, because it's a legal word. Yeah. The opposite is condemnation in Romans chapter 5. So if you disobey God's law, you'll be condemned by the judge. If you perfectly keep God's law, you'll be declared righteous. You'll be justified. Uh, That's impossible for us, but we have Jesus Christ, the righteous. Mm -hmm. And so justification is where God... Declares us righteous. He declares us a law keeper, even though we're not based upon the work of another, based upon the work of Jesus. So we love to be forensocentric mm. uh, because we love the doctrine of justica- justification. It's a great reality because we don't want condemnation on our own. We want justification in Christ. Yes. Yep. So, classic reform doctrine, but it's actually just a classic Bible doctrine.
1: Hmm. So, Pat, we would say we're justified by grace alone, through faith alone, on account of Christ's finished work alone. We absolutely would. So what about sure. What about James 2 that says, you know, hey. You're not justified you're, by faith alone. Yeah. You've oh, no. you got to do the good stuff to get the justification. We're going to have act. to
0: change churches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Well, it's actually not that complicated. James is a great book of the Bible, James chapter 2. You're not justified, but in that context, you're not justified by faith alone. In that context, he's not emphasizing your relationship to God. Uh, and the way God sees you, he's, re- he's emphasizing your relationship to other people. Mm. So you can show that you're justified by your works, mm. but you're not actually justified by your works, but you can show right. your neighbor that you truly are different by your actions. Yeah. So the Apostle Paul and James were happy to go on vacation together uh, <laughs> with matching t-shirts <laughs> because they were just emphasizing two different things, but they would have been Believing the exact same thing about justification. Right. Yeah.
1: Yep. Okay. We've got six words left. We're coming to the home stretch. I think we have six left. Okay. All right. So, next word on the list regeneration. From Titus chapter three, verse five would be a great text that talks about the washing of
0: regeneration. The concept is in John chapter three with Jesus saying, you must be born again. again. Mm -hmm. So think of generation, think of life, Mm -hmm. think of Genesis, Genesis, origin, but you have to be born a second time because we're born dead in trespasses and sins, spiritually speaking, Mm -hmm. Ephesians chapter two. So we need God to do something. We need God. Ephesians two says to make us alive. Mm, Yeah. So regen- regeneration is an important one. Uh, we like it because the second birth, the new birth, is required to see the kingdom of heaven based upon what Jesus says. Uh, and yet, yet it's the sovereign work of God, hmm. because Jesus talks about this in John chapter 3, that it, it's sort of like the wind. The Spirit is like the wind. The Spirit regenerates, uh, but you see the effects of regeneration, but you can't, you can't tell the Spirit where to go. Hmm. You can't control the wind, so to speak. So it is a sovereign work of God, regeneration. God makes us alive together with Him. So, Mike, we would have to say it's a result of God's sovereign grace, Mm -hmm. right?
1: Yeah. Uh, Which one comes first? We talked about faith, and we talk about regeneration now, so that means faith comes before regeneration?
0: So R.C. Sproul would say uh, that... Rudimentary, basic, built in the DNA and fiber of all of this reformed theology would be the reality that regeneration comes before faith. Yes. Yep. Which is controversial. Uh, but if you think about it, we're dead in trespasses and sins. So where's faith come from? Right. Well, yeah. God makes us alive together with Him. If you follow the flow and chronology of Ephesians 2, regeneration comes before. beforehand. Yep. yep. Which is important. Yep. God gets all the praise, all of the glory, even for. Us coming to faith in Christ.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: The next word on our list, Mike, is election.
1: Yep. Well, this isn't. A, this is not a political show. Oh, you're right. We can't talk <laughs> and about we, that.
0: We like elections because we want to find the most worthy candidate. Or candidate, if you would like, (laughs) and we would like to cast our vote for them, and we want to see our man or our woman elected, right? Yeah. So that's the idea. No, it's not the idea. (laughs) The idea is salvation comes only for those who are elect of God. Mm. Uh, So it is specific and particular. Second Timothy chapter two verse ten, the apostle Paul talks about how he does as a Christian pastor and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Everything he does is for the sake of the elect. Interestingly enough, he says something similar in Titus chapter one, verse one, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ for the sake of the faith of God's elect. Hmm. So before faith, Hmm. uh, we even have God's election, Election. election. And so this makes some people uncomfortable because they've never heard about it before, but it's really all over the Bible. Yeah. So there's no way anyone would ever believe if we're spiritually dead, apart from God doing something, God having a plan, a purpose, and God elects. Mm, yeah. And then in time, God regenerates, and then we we believe, and then we're justified if you look at the chronology of things. Uh, and so election is in the Bible. It's usually talked about in the same breath or the same conversation as predestination which is also in the Bible it's not meant for controversy it's meant for humility, it's meant for praise it's meant for comfort Romans 8, Ephesians chapter 1 here on the pactum we do believe in election and you're really going to have a hard time with the Bible, you're really going to have a hard time understanding that salvation is of the Lord Mm. if you don't have a category for election, you know it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes for people so we suggest if you understand sin first and depravity, then it all starts to make sense.
1: Yes, most definitely.
0: Okay, let's move on to holiness and sanctification. Uh, holiness and sanctification. I think in our book here by J.I. Packer, 18 words, the most important words you will ever know, uh, I think he snuck one in there. Holiness and sanctification. Yep. Because sure the table did. of contents says there's only 17 words. i say there's 17. Yep. So it's actually 18. Holiness and sanctification. So holiness means ready for it, ready for this, ready. wait for it, wait I'm for right. it. Holiness means weird. Weird. So, That's enough. Let's move on to the next one. Be weird people. Right? So you're thinking of the hymn, holy, holy, holy. You're saying weird, weird, weird. Yeah. That's probably not weird. Strange, strange, strange. Right. That's not very sanctified. We probably don't really want to say that. Yeah. Yeah. But you know me well enough that I'm kind of like a broken record. I like to say it so we get people's attention. Uh, Holiness means different, distinct. God is different. He's not like all the gods of the nations. Mm. He's not like the God of your imagination. He is different. He's the creator, sovereign. He's the Lord, Mm. and that makes him different. And then he calls us to be different, different as he is different, like in First Peter. Mm. So we are to be set apart unto God. We are to be different than others. Our morality is different. Our thinking is different. Our understanding of redemption is different. Our view of the world is different. And we want to become more and more like Christ, mm. our representative. So we want to be more and more sanctified, set apart unto God in our actions, our thinking, our behavior. Sometimes we call it progressive sanctification, And it's all because we want to live the way God made us to live, which is for his glory and for the good of other people. So we are definitely for sanctification, has to do with life, has to do with change, but it only can come because of what Christ has done
1: for us. Hmm, That's good. Okay, last few words we've got on our list. We're coming down to the very end here. We've got mortification.
0: That is a big word. John Owen. John Owen is the mortification guy. There you go. So if you listen to our Owen series, which we would highly recommend, Absolutely. it becomes very highly acclaimed. <laughs> um, <laughs> mortification is, uh, you're, if you're mortifying the flesh, you're, you're putting it to death. Mm. So think of a mortician, which is kind of gross. Yeah, We, we like morticians, yeah. Uh, yeah. but but it's gross to think about death, and yeah. death is bad. So, so we want life, but we want to mortify the flesh. We do want to fight sin, uh, and it is a battle, even though God has accepted us in Christ perfectly, fully, completely. Uh, the Bible says we have been glorified, even though we haven't been yet, but it's sure. But in the meantime, here on earth, we want to honor Christ with the way that we live. Mm. It's part of sanctification, part of holiness, is fighting sin. Mm. So we don't want to be passive. Uh, we want to be active uh, in fighting against sin and becoming more and more Christ-like in our actions and our behavior, I think older writers would say, in our conversation.
1: Hmm.
0: And they don't just mean our our, our, our our words. Yeah. So one thing we like to stress, though, if you're going to read John Owen on mortification, which is good to do, remember that we should isolate that because he also talks about salvation being not through mortification. Hmm. Well, it's right, free, yeah. it's because of what Christ has done, and now we do want to mortify the flesh from our safe position of being justified.
1: Right, yep. Okay, next word on the list, two left to go, is fellowship. Fellowship? This
0: just this makes me think of the episode where you said, I have a pie at my house. Oh, oh. Was it I have a pie or I have pie at I my house? I have
1: pie at my house.
0: Still to this day, people mm, want that on a t-shirt. They
1: do. It's, it's still, a, it's requested. It still
0: needs to Happen, so I think of pie because you know fellowship is where you get together and you do Christian gluttony together. Yeah. And as long as we call it, as long as we call it fellowship, we can eat as much as we want to, uh, even if it's not a feast day. So fellowship is think of partnership. So we're together with other believers. Mm-hmm. God has called us to be with other believers and to do ministry with other believers. The one another's, yeah. I think of even like Philippians chapter 1, where it talks about standing firm in one spirit, Mm. striving together for the furtherance of the gospel. That's fellowship. So in, in a lot of ways, it's not passive where you just get together and... Eat pie. Eat pie. As much right. as we might like pie. Uh, you're actually doing ministry together to yeah. accomplish something. Yeah. So it could be one another's encouragement. It could be bearing one another's burdens. It could be promoting and defending the gospel. Right. Yeah. So think active ministry and not just passive gossip fest sure. where you get to have bad coffee. We have good coffee in all Bible, yep, Church, yep. Just yep. for clarity's sake. Yep. Good stuff. But don't think of it in those terms.
1: Right. Wow. Not alone, but together.
0: Final word. Final word death. What a way to end!
1: That's, yeah, we're going to
0: end on death. Think of death as separation in a very literal kind of sense. Uh, but think, you know, the life from the body. Uh, we we mm. leave the tent, so to speak. Sure. The Bible teaches that death is a result of sin and rebellion. It's a consequence. So the wages of sin is death. Uh, yeah. So death is not a good thing death, death is the enemy. Uh, death is a problem. So even in terms of when I go to a funeral, I, yes, I'm going to praise the Lord that someone who I cared about is in heaven now, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Um, so let's have it be a celebration, but I also want it to be a funeral because death is bad. Uh, death is not how it's supposed to be. It's not the product of evolution. It's not progress. It's actually a bad thing. The good thing, for us as Christians, though, is the Bible talks about the sting is taken out. Right, yeah. Uh, There's still mourning. There's still difficulty. Uh, Jesus also felt such emotions when someone he cared about died. Right. So it's it's good and right to embrace the pain and difficulty. But we grieve, yes, but not like those who have no hope uh, because of the bodily resurrection of Jesus on behalf of those he would be raised Four and so I think of John 11. Mm, yeah John 11 is the awesome text. it really is right yeah. uh, The gist of John 11 is Jesus says, though you die, you will live yeah. if you believe in me, because he conquered sin and death, guaranteed absolutely as sure as Jesus was raised from the dead, all who trust in him will be raised from the dead. It's awesome also. Yeah. So wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus because he's overcome it. There we go. Sand timer has a few granules left, Mike. How we we've gonna, done it. How are we going to end the episode?
1: Well, hey, thanks for joining us as we've gone through 17 and a half and or 18 different words that and, are important
0: and or and there are other important words that I would add to the list but we were just following the script handed to us for today. Right. Yeah. And we do think it will be helpful for folks to kind of get brought up to speed.
1: We trust it's been an encouragement to you, something you can go back to time and time again or recommend to others as well.
0: Absolutely. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter, yep. right? At The Pactum. The Pactum. And at The Pactum Theology on Instagram. Instagram. Yep. Yep. And I think we're going to start dabbling in some other forms of social media, given yes. all the craziness happening given in our world. Given all of
1: that, we may as well just uh-huh. jump on we'll the We'll do bandwagon.
0: that. But in the meantime, we're thankful that you're listening to The Pactum. We're thankful that you're liking and sharing The Pactum. Uh, We're grateful for that, and we want you to know that we will see you next time here on The Packed Up.